You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, as far as I can tell, it's officially, officially, official. Aaron Rodgers is coming back, which means Seattle, I'm sorry, you uh, you had a chance there. There was a chance, roughly 50-50 shot, if Jordan Love played, that you were going to win this game. Um, unfortunately, you are coming to Lambeau Field, playing against one of the best defenses in the NFL, at home, against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, not to mention Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and the whole squad. Oh, and MVS is back. <laughs> and, and do I need to continue? Well, you can't, because that's you listed everybody that matters. Okay, that's fair. There's nobody else. By all means, pay no attention to Mercedes Lewis. By all means. Completely disregard Alan Lazard. It's fine. You know what's really crazy about this, too? Didn't I say yesterday the Packers were three-and-a-half-point favorites when we didn't know if Rodgers was playing? They're three-point favorites right now. Like I said yesterday, man, there have been certain instances where I look at these lines and I say they just don't really make sense. Now, granted, last week when I said that, I was wrong. I said Tennessee had no business um, beating the the Rams because the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFC, and the Titans just lost the only player that really matters on that team. Which isn't really true, but it's kind of, well, no, it's not. You can say it's like the Panthers losing McCaffrey, but it's not, because that literally is the only player that matters on that team. But I just, I just really struggle. And I, I said, if it moves to like five and a half, six, six and a half, I'm fine with that. Once they find out Rodgers comes back, I don't get three points. I mean, I, I do get it. If you just look at it, if, if you put on the bias lens, put on the bias lens and say, okay, Green Bay's defense has done fine. But let's face it, they're not good at Green Bay's defense. Um, they don't have Jair, even though they haven't had him uh, at all this year, for the most part. And Zadarius, they haven't had. And um, so nothing's really worse for the defense. But it's obviously a fluke. And um, maybe just overestimate Seattle, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, even if you look at when Russell was in, they had the 14th-ranked offense in football. Weeks one through five, when Russell Wilson was playing for the Seattle Seahawks, as as great as they looked, they ranked 14th. In that same stretch, their defense ranked 22nd. They were not a good football team when Russell Wilson was there. You say, okay, well, look at their defense. And since since that time, they're technically number one, even though they've only played three weeks. But 43 points allowed, that's 14.3 points over the last three weeks. Well, the Packers are at 14.5 points. By the way, the last three weeks, that that literally means the last three weeks, Seattle is number one, Green Bay is number two in defense, points allowed. It's a small sample size, but that is what that means. But but again, even if we grant, okay, Seattle, but Seattle's defense is much better and Russell's back. Okay, but let's let's put this all together now. Seattle, let's just say, has the number one defense in football. Let's just pretend that's real. Okay, got it. With Russell Wilson, remember. What did I say? They ranked 19th? So you're talking about the 19th ranked offense and the number one defense. But the Packers' defense is almost tied with Seattle. So that negates 
the defensive thing. Whatever you say about Seattle's defense, you say about the Packers' defense. Which, by the way, I mean, if, if you put them side by side, there's no comparison. The Packers have Kenny Clark. Seattle does not. The Packers have Rashawn and Whitney Merciless and Preston, and the Seattle does not at all. In fact, I forgot who it was. Somebody had posted a statistic on Twitter that said Rashawn Gary literally has more pressures than the entire edge rush group in Seattle combined. We have Devondre Campbell at linebacker. They do have a very good linebacker, but so do we. Even with injured and young corners, our cornerback groups group is better. Our safeties are better. It's, it's not even a really close comparison. And so, yes, over the last three weeks, you held a pathetic Steelers offense to 23 points, a Saints offense with no quarterback and no wide receiver um, to 13 points, lost both of those games, by the way, and then you held the Jaguars to seven. Congratulations. I just don't know. And even if you look at it and say, yeah, but it's the Packers special teams that does it. Seattle special teams is horrible. I mean, I, I guess I should just take the fact that the Packers are favored to win and just be grateful, but this is silly. It's silly. What, what? Yeah, but Russ is back. So is Rodgers. Yeah, but they got DK. Dude, we have Devontae. He's literally the number one wide receiver in football. You know, they got Lockett. It's better than any of your number twos. All right, yeah, you got us. Who has better offensive line? We do. Who has better running backs? We do. Who has better defensive tackles? We do. Who has better edge rushers? We do. Who has better corners? We do. Who has better safeties? We do. Linebacker, debatable, completely debatable. At this point, debatable. Okay, but who's home? Packers are. <laughs> so, I mean, the only thing you can maybe hang your hat on is that Rodgers didn't practice all week. And the last time I made fun of the fact that Rodgers actually needs practice, they got decimated in week one. So maybe it is an issue. I don't know. Apparently he stubbed his toe, too, so he has a toe injury. You can throw that in there. Look, Seattle's just not a good football team anymore. I don't know what else to say about it. Does that mean they can't win? No, but let's just be completely honest, right? Let's throw out the fact of any given Sunday, anything can happen. Yes, the Packers can come out flat. They can play like garbage. Yes, Seattle can come out and play white-hot football, and we can lose the game. If you just do a side-by-side comparison of the Green Bay Packers football team and the Seattle Seahawks football team, you see a Green Bay Packers team that is heading in one direction, that is improving, that is getting better. The defense is playing better than it has in like a decade. We've got an unbelievable running back tandem. Devontae is still a top-tier wide receiver, as in top two, not two. Everything is just clicking. They're moving in the right direction, and and we're already looking at a a situation that the only thing that is going to derail the Packers winning a Super Bowl is the Packers. That could mean injuries, or that could mean just completely falling flat on your face. But if they ball out and play 100% every single week, they will not lose. And I stand by that. Seattle, that's not the reality. They have a ton of holes. Their GM has been terrible. They've been purging talent left and right. Russell's doing the best he can to hang in there. Mr. Positivity, Mr. Uh, you know, Dangerous. Right? He's, he's just loving life. Petey boy's out there coaching his, coaching his heart out, just hoping for the best. Nothing to really work with. I mean, kudos for getting DK Metcalf. That was a, a just a, that was a great, you know, double. <laughs> that was, I'm not going to call it a home run, but that was a double. Well done. And I guess I can't really blame you for not hitting on the draft when you only have three picks because uh, the new strategy is, hey, I suck at this anyways. Let's just use our draft capital to uh, you know, go out and acquire players. I get that. It's going to sink you in the future, but you mean, you'll sink less, less uh, quickly because at least you might have some talent on your team. 
but um, Dwayne Eskridge, Trey Brown, and Stone Forsythe. Have you heard any of their names? Because those are the three guys they drafted. Jordan Brooks is a joke. Daryl Taylor, I don't even know who that is. Damian Lewis, he's an offensive lineman that's terrible. Colby Parkinson, the tight end. DJ Dallas, running back. I don't think he's doing anything. Alton Robinson, Freddie Swain, Stephen Sullivan, LJ Collier, that's another joke. Marquise Blair at safety is not a safety. DK Metcalf, there he is. There's your big one. Cody Barton at linebacker is not good. Uh, Gary Jennings, wide receiver. Phil Haynes. Uh, Hugo Amadi, not playing. Ben Burkirvin, uh, Travis Homer, Demarcus Christmas. John Ursua, he got Rashad Penny in the first round, which I think Penny does do some stuff sometimes. Uh, let's see, so far this year, uh, 15 carries, 24 yards, 1.6 yards per attempt. 2018 first round pick running back, which by the way is cheating. Like if you just want a free homer, if you just want to pick a, a player that's automatically not going to be horrible, they might not be good, but they're probably not going to be horrible. You just take a running back in the first round. That's just that's cheating, and it's probably not the best thing you can do for your team. Um, but yeah, 43 overall grade, 43.5 rushing grade, 1.6 yards per carry on 15 carries so far this year. Just killing it, man. Just killing it. And I'm just over here laughing because this team is, is just going to implode. You want to know what the reality is, too? And, and this is the thing that's killing you. Russell Wilson is probably the worst thing that could happen to your team right now. It shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't. You, you should be able to keep Russell Wilson and fix this. But the fact of the matter is, your GM is not fired. And potentially your head coach has not been fired because of your quarterback. You guys win a bunch of football games. You make it to the playoffs. You don't quite get in. And there has been this slow, dreadful bleeding. You have been slowly, slowly bleeding out because of some of the worst drafting ever. This is pathetic. It's a joke. But the guy like 10 years ago or, or six, seven years ago, whatever, drafted, like had the, the best back-to-back draft in the history of the universe. And so he just will never lose his job. If Russell Wilson was not on your team and you won two games that you actually deserve based on your roster, he would have been fired. Your head coach would have been fired. And you'd probably get somebody in, in place that can actually build this team. But you're just going to slowly bleed out and slowly bleed out and slowly bleed out. Do you guys know Russell Wilson is 33 years old, or he's going to be very soon 33 years old? In my mind, the guy's still like 25 or something ridiculous. He's 33. He's getting up there. You want to talk about wasting his prime? My goodness, Ted Thompson misses on like one draft and everyone screams they, they waste his prime. This guy's going to be 40 years old and retired, playing on the worst team in football pretty soon. Obviously, it's he's going to be on the worst team and then retire, not the other way around. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. In fact, I want to have a little fun with this. This will be fun for Packer fans too that think that the Packers don't know how to draft or something stupid. I want to look at their players, find out which ones are good and where they came from. Russell Wilson was drafted in 2012. 2012. Knocked it out of the park. Great pick. 2012. Um, Geno Smith has a 74 overall grade, so he's actually been decent. But obviously the Jets picked him in 2013, so that was not Seattle. You got DK Metcalf, who I mentioned. He was a uh, second round pick in 2019. Tyler Lockett was drafted in 2015, so six years ago. Uh, Who else is graded out positively here? Chris Carson is decent. He's at a 70 overall grade, 70.7. Uh, 2017, so that was uh, four years ago. Seventh round pick. 
You got fullback Nick Ballore, who was drafted by the Jets in 2018. Uh, the only offensive lineman who's graded out positively is Dwayne Brown, who was drafted by the Texans in 2008. Uh, let's see, DJ Reed, cornerback with a almost 70 overall grade, but he was drafted by the 49ers in 2018. You got Bobby Wagner, that same 2012 draft. Oof, well, there you go. Uh, defensive tackle Al Woods has a 75 overall grade. Uh, that was, what, what was that, the Saints? Who drafted Al Woods? Yeah, the Saints in 2010. 2010, he's 34 years old. You got Carlos Dunlap, who was drafted also in 2010 by the Cincinnati Bengals. That's the entire team with anybody of a 70 over grade, 70 overall grade or higher. That's it. So how many how many names did I list that they drafted in the last five years? Like two, I think. Somebody was taken in like 2017. It's just there's just it's nothing. It's just pure garbage across the board. Everybody and anybody that's doing anything, they're not doing it in Seattle. 2012, you had Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, Robert Turbin. The year before that, they got K.J. Wright in 2011. They had Richard Sherman in the fifth round in 2011. So those two drafts built this whole team. You had Christine Michael was a good pick in 2013 the next year. Luke Wilson was decent for quite a while. Spencer Ware. I think that was about it, though. 2014 on, it's pretty much game over. 2015, you got Frank Clark, but he's gone, um, and he was always overrated. And you got Tyler Lockett. That's it. After that, nothing. I mean, Jerron Reed in the second round was good. 2017, Malik McDowell, he's out of the, or he was out of the league. Ethan Posick's terrible. Shaquille Griffin, I think, what is he gone? It's just, this is, this is horrible. This is just beyond horrible. And, and again, it just bothers me that I, it seems like the narratives are super shallow. Maybe I'm the one that's being shallow, but the the narrative seems shallow. Look at the team, the bones of the team, the structure of the team, the the trajectory of the team. What what is this thing at its core? Should we do the Packers? Aaron Rodgers drafted in 2005. Obviously, that was a long time ago, but Packers drafted him. Randall Cobb, technically, Packers draft, 2011. Devontae Adams, Packers drafted him, uh, 2014. A.J. Dillon, 2020. Uh, Aaron Jones, 2017, Elton Jenkins, 2019, Jair, 2018, even Kevin King right now is at about a 70, that was 2017, Kenny Clark, 2016, Rashawn Gary, 2019, these are all recent picks, picks, just picks, I didn't go, I didn't talk about anybody else that we brought in, didn't mention Mercedes Lewis, Amos, etc., etc., and again, it kind of comes back to mentality that the Seahawks have to know. And, you know, maybe if you get a guy like Russell Wilson, who's always Mr. Positive or whatever, he's always in it. And and that's what makes him partially as good as he is, is the fact that he's not going to get down on himself. But he's just one guy. When you start losing a bunch of games, when it becomes abundantly clear that this is no longer, obviously, the Legion of Boom days, this is no longer one of the top NFC contending teams. This is a team that's going to scratch and claw and hopefully barely limp into the playoffs. That's what the Seahawks are right now. Hey, Ben Roethlisberger's out with COVID, so the Lions actually might have a chance, or maybe they have less of a chance because Big Ben has been horrible. But look, man, I don't know what else to say about this game. I, I, yes, anything can happen, but the Packers are just a better football team. They just are. Um, very similar to a lot of other games, though. Is there a game plan in which you win? Yeah. It's called We Cannot Stop Russ and Lockett and, and Metcalf. 
that's it. And um, if the offense isn't really clicking 110% and they're able to run up the score, we might be in a bit of trouble. But again, I just don't think that that's been the most accurate description of the Seahawks offense this year. They've gotten a 30 points twice this entire year. Once was this past week against the Jaguars with no Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has gotten to 30 points once. That was against the Tennessee Titans, and um, they lost the game. Otherwise, 28-17, 28-17, 20, and 10 have been their scores. So, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's not a good football team. That's, that's all there is to it. And, and, again, we've had Seattle's number for a while, even back when they were a slightly better football team. They're getting worse every year. So we'll see what happens. Best of luck to Seattle. But uh, if the best man wins, that would be Green Bay. Anyways, big shout out to Mr. Nick McSwain for jumping in on the Patreon. Really, really appreciate that. If you want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Really, really hoping we can get to 300 patrons. Um, I had set a goal during the off season, I think, to get to 300 patrons before the season began. And I was going to buy some... Uh, Buy somebody some sweet Packers tickets, and um, we obviously never got there. We got to about where we are now, and then I lost a bunch of patrons. And um, Anyways, we're 15 away, 15 people who are like, you know what, here's a buck. And we're there. We're done. But uh, if you do appreciate the content, $1 a month is all you got to do. There are tiers. Each tier has uh, more benefits. Be sure to check that out when you get there. Uh, That's about it, though. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Anyways, just taking a poke. Uh, what? What is that? We'll, we'll take a peek at the games. Uh, won't poke them too much. Take a poke, my lord. Detroit Lions, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, eight-point favorites in that game. Um, 
With Ben Roethlisberger out, they've got a couple options here. Josh Dobbs is on IR. That leaves him with Mason Rudolph, who you would assume would be the guy, but they also brought in Dwayne Haskins. Um, So I don't know what direction they're going to go. Just just trying to think. Ben Roethlisberger was ranked 34th out of 35 quarterbacks. So if they fall off, I can't imagine it's going to be too much. And beyond that, if the Lions were going to lose... It wasn't because the Steelers had a really good offense. It's because they're never going to score against this defense. And Pittsburgh just needs to find a way to get to like 15-ish, you know, get to maybe 13, touchdown, two field goals kind of thing. I think the biggest issue that I have is the eight points. Now, I know Detroit completely fell apart last week, but two weeks ago, they put up a bit of a fight. And um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm iffy on it. I, I have a hard time believing even at their best, they're going to be able to do much against the Steelers' defense. But even so, how's the Steelers' offense going to score eight more points than Detroit? That's that's tough. I guess Pittsburgh is coming off a four-game win streak also, and um, Detroit's coming off a bye, but they're coming off a eight-game losing streak. So I guess we should probably just not get too stupid with the way that we're thinking about this. Um, I mean, as far as a pick, it's obviously Pittsburgh. I just I just am curious about the eight points. They did score 29 against Chicago, that's true, but Chicago sucks. Um, 15 against Cleveland, 23 against the Seahawks, so that would be 15 points. If you do what they do against Cleveland and only score 8, they would only have to allow, they would only be allowed to score 7. Uh, they'll probably clear it, I guess. I mean, Detroit's defense is just the worst. I guess technically that's not true. They're ranked 31st, but yeah, all right. I think even without Big Ben, eight's probably fair. Minnesota Vikings and the LA Chargers. Looks like the Vikings are going to be without Anthony Barr and Michael Pierce. The Vikings are uh, kind of a bad way here. They came out of their bye and lost two in a row. Now it's to Dallas and Baltimore, but still, you lost two in a row. By the way, prior to the bye, they did win a game, but they won in overtime against the Panthers. And then they won against Detroit by two points. And then they lost to Cleveland. They beat Seattle, again, I don't know how good Seattle is, 30-17, to and they lost to Arizona and Cincinnati. Every single game, with the exception of the Seattle game, has been a complete embarrassment. They lost to the Bengals. They uh, lost to Arizona. They uh, lost to Cleveland, only scoring seven points. The defense kept them to 14. They only scored seven. They barely beat Detroit. That's a win, but that's embarrassing. And they barely beat Carolina, which is a win and embarrassing. And again, you take a bye week, you come out of the bye week, you lose to Dallas in a week in which Dallas seemingly imploded, and then you lose to Baltimore in overtime. And now you're going to be out without one of your, uh, a couple of your key pieces here in Anthony Barr and Michael Pierce, whereas the guys not playing for uh, the Chargers seem to be pretty minimal in terms of their impact. Uh, Michael Davis and Justin Jackson. And this game is going to be played in LA, which is a decent trip. Not that it's necessarily going to be, you know, LA doesn't really play home games, but travel still factors in. So again, on paper, they're pretty similar. Uh, 14th ranked offense and 17th ranked offense. Uh, 17th defense, 23rd defense for LA. Uh, But again, just there's something broken with the Vikings. The Chargers aren't great. They're definitely not doing super fantastic. But um, 
you know, I mean, so you beat Washington, great. You lost to Dallas, but Dallas is pretty good. You beat the Chiefs 30-24, to which I'm sure I predicted that because they always seem to do that. Beat the Raiders 28-14. Beat Cleveland 47-42, to which is crazy. Then you lost to the Ravens real bad, 6-34, to right before your bye week. You guys were getting ready to enjoy some California sun or something. Come out of the bye week and lose to New England, which isn't great, and then beat the Eagles 27-24. So basically, since week six, it's been pretty bad. I uh, got blown out, lost two of the Patriots who aren't great, and then barely beat the Eagles who are pretty bad. I don't know. I just, I just think with Minnesota's being in such a bad way, I mean, your head coach is just despondent. He's on the verge of being fired. Um, he hates his, his uh, quarterback, and the quarterback just is not – not very well received out there, and, and, and nobody seems to like the head coach, most of all the, the fans and probably the ownership. The play calling has been terrible. The, the defense is good until it needs to be, and then it falls apart. Not overly confident. Minnesota's more than talented, but that's what I've been saying for a while. They've got more than enough talent. They're just not getting the job done. Um, so, again, I'm not putting anything on this, but I, I see the Chargers probably winning it. Carolina, Arizona, minus 10 for Arizona. This is one of the ones last week that I think I got right also where um, they were without their quarterback and everyone assumed, well, they're going to suck now. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I think San Francisco is still kind of trash. But they are going to be without Chase Edmonds. They're going to be without Justin Pugh. They're going to be without uh, Jonathan Ward. And they're going to be without James Wiggins. Kyler Murray is listed as questionable in this game, as are a bunch of people. Buda Baker, Max Garcia, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, uh, Jordan Phillips. So a lot of injuries on that team. Carolina, not so much. I don't know, man. You get Cam back in Carolina. Not that I necessarily think Cam is, is a great quarterback or anything, but you got Cam against a, a non-quarterback. Although that's not true, because I think what's-his-name's coming back. Still, Carolina's defense is ranked seventh. And again, at the end of the day, it's not just a matter of, you know, well, obviously Arizona's better. I understand, but you got the seventh-ranked defense. you got to score 10 more points than the other team. So let's say Carolina's terrible, um, and they score 10 points. You'd still got to score like 20-21 against a nearly top-five defense. It's not an automatic. But again, at the end of the day, Arizona probably pull it off. Uh, Green Bay, Seattle, I, I think I am going to put something on this. I don't like doing it because it just makes it doubly painful, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't see it for Seattle. I think I'm just going to let it ride, too. I'm just going to push all my chips in on that one. I don't care. Denver, Philly, geez, is there a game I could care less about? By the way, it, it should be pretty apparent, but one of the things I should highlight is the teams that we should be rooting for. Um, obviously, we're rooting for Pittsburgh over Detroit. I, I guess I shouldn't even say obviously. It doesn't matter who you want to root for. I don't trust Detroit's going to get the first overall pick and do anything substantive with it, so I'm fine with that. Um, obviously, we want LA over the Chargers. Obviously, we want Carolina over Arizona. We want Green Bay over Seattle. Um, Philly and Denver just doesn't matter. Look, I, I think at the end of the day, the Denver Broncos have a very good defense. Uh, they haven't allowed a team to get to 20 points in the last three weeks. Um, Philadelphia had one big game against Detroit, 44-6, to where just everything they were doing was working and nothing was not working. So, I yeah, Denver's going to win, and who cares? Chiefs-Raiders is always fun and interesting. Um the Raiders are just in a downward spiral, but so are the Chiefs. And I'm rooting for the Raiders just because I just don't like the Chiefs. I don't like that they were 
um, very good for like two years. For some reason, that bothered me. I don't like all the love for Pat Mahomes. I, I just don't like how much of a threat the Chiefs were. There's always going to be a team that's a massive threat. But the Kansas City Chiefs could have realistically been a threat for like 10 years had anybody known how to draft. So I want them to crash, and I want them to crash real hard. Because, listen, a GM could show up on their doorstep you know, next year and start drafting and rebuild this team, and Pat Mahomes is still young. But if, if we could just crush his spirit. Look, he got paid. All right, I'm not trying to be mean. He already got his money. So I'm not, I'm not trying to get his money taken away from him. I hope him health and wealth and prosperity and the whole nine yards. But I would like his soul crushed a little bit, just a tiny bit. So yeah, if the Raiders could go in there and beat the Chiefs, that'd be great. And I don't know why they wouldn't, aside from losing everybody, because their team is uh, filled with, you know, people that can't stay on football teams. We'll leave it at that. But, I mean, the, the Raiders are, are decent. I mean, they're 16th on offense, 6th in yards on offense, 15th on defense, 10th in yards on defense. So they're, they're an average team. In terms of yards, they're above average. Um, the Chiefs on offense are ranked 15th, which is just one spot better. And um, obviously that's gone down quite a bit. They haven't made it to, let's see, they scored 13, 20 against the Giants, and 3 against the Titans. They got 31 against Washington, but 20 against Buffalo, 42 against the Eagles, 24 against the Chargers. So since week three, they've had two kind of flurries of points. Otherwise, it's been 24, 23, 20, and 13. So their offense, even though it says 15th, I don't think they're 15th. And yeah, the defense seems better because they only allowed seven points against the Packers, but obviously there's some extenuating circumstances there. If they want to all-out blitz Derek Carr all day long, best of luck to you. I kind of think the Raiders are going to win this game. I kind of think they are. It's in Vegas, so it's not an Arrowhead, which, you know, the, Pack- the, the Packers almost beat them in Arrowhead. Now I'm kind of sad that I spent my whole, uh, my whole bankroll on the Packers. I want a little bit of that action. But anyways, I do think the Raiders are going to beat the Chiefs. We'll see how it goes, though. And we got Rams 49ers, but that's a tomorrow thing. So I think I'm going to leave it at that. Kind of a short episode today. I wish I had more to say about Seattle. I just, I, I, I don't know what else to say about them. They have a quarterback and two wide receivers, and that's pretty much it, aside from like a decent but very old old linebacker. Okay, I'm sorry I'm not impressed. And again, first of all, they're three and five. Second of all, I've been saying this for years. This is what's going to happen to Seattle. Same thing I said about the Chiefs, you know, a year ago, if not two years ago. If you can't draft, this is your, this is your destiny. And here we go, right down the tubes. Granted, Seattle can't really bottom out too much more. Um, At some point, you at least have enough money because you're not paying anybody to go out and get free agents, and you're bound to hit on a couple draft picks once in a while. Um, So they're pretty close to bottomed out at this point. But this this is it, man. They're just they're not a good football team. They have not beat a team with a winning record this entire year. They beat the 2-6 and six Jaguars, the 3-5 and five 49ers, and the 4-5 and five Colts. That's it. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. You folks have yourselves a fine Sunday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Um, be on the lookout, possibly, for a uh, YouTube stream if we end up winning this game. If not, probably not. But uh, have a good night. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.